0: 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk.
1: For the Lord. Gird your on. stand firm, everyone.
0: Rest Edwin, happy Wednesday. Happy Lord. Wednesday, Andrew. We're just booking through another week and another week of Text Talk. I mean, it's like season three is almost over. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's just begun. Yeah, just begun. <laughs> Nearly done. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got a ways to go. Matthew chapter one. We is are, because we we're in Matthew chapter one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, hey, today our reading, uh, we're not going to do the whole chapter again. We did that on Monday, uh, but we're going to emphasize again some of the wonderful
0: lessons coming out of this genealogy. In fact, in order not to test the patience of everyone who is listening in on this conversation, I only want to notice verses 1 and 2 today. Okay. So I'm going to read that. This is the English Standard Version. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Well, that gets us through the book of Genesis. <laughs> covers so the whole book of Genesis. It covers there the whole book of, of Genesis. There, yeah. So
1: yesterday we talked about how when uh, Jesus is introduced by Matthew, number one, he is. Christ. He's the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He's the hope of Israel. Number two, the son of David. We talked about that yesterday.
0: Which is the first argument for why Matthew said, this is why I can say he's the Christ. He's the son of David.
1: And then number three, the son of Abraham.
0: I think that is fantastically important because what he's pointing out is that Jesus is not merely the heir of the throne. Mm -hmm. He is the heir of the promises. Okay. Okay. All right. Promises are huge. In fact, the Bible
1: begins with promises. Well, and they are with Abraham, right? So when we look at Genesis chapter 12, as Abraham is introduced to us, and, and maybe I'll just back up and say this as well. There is a, a, a lot of talk today about the great world religions that all go to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Isn't this something that, that almost everybody on earth, well, many can say, but, but Abraham is our common ancestor of faith. It all goes back to Abraham. So he's a big, big figure. Big figure. And yet Abraham is recorded for us in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, introduced basically in in chapter 12 as God sets him apart, I guess it's in the eleven and into 12, as God sets him apart to make three promises to him.
0: Well, we often call it three promises, absolutely. Three promises that stand out that we often refer to as the nation promise, the land promise, and the... Seed promise. Seed. A promise, descendant promise. Which is really coming true here in Jesus. This is what we're seeing. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter twelve. Now the Lord said to Abram, before mm-hmm. his name was changed to Abraham. Abraham. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm -hmm. Here's the anchor of those promises that God gave to Abraham. And I can't help but notice how there's a great deal of parallel in the story that we see of Jesus. Right off the bat, God tells Abraham to leave his country, Uh go into a far country, leave his father's house, and go into this far country. And what do we learn about Jesus? I mean, what has Jesus done?
1: Yeah. Even here in Matthew chapter 1, he has left the glory of heaven to be born in earth, born of a virgin emmanuel god with us he's gone
0: to the far land he's left his father's house and gone into the far country Mm -hmm. to the place where the father has sent him Mm -hmm. where god has sent him we find jesus as the heir of these promises and this this one as it's described here in these first promises I'll make of you a great nation, Yeah. which, of course, Jesus is all about the kingdom that he is establishing, Mm -hmm. at which kingdom and nation. I know we tend to think of those as kind of separate ideas, but it's it's really it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Kingdom focuses on a nation that is governed by a king. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: looking at these promises, it it basically becomes or they serve as an outline for the rest of the Bible that God is bringing about the fulfillment of these promises. And throughout the section of Scripture we call Old Testament, we will see where Abraham's descendants have been multiplied into a great nation. A little further down in that chapter, he talks about giving them the land that's under their feet, the the land promise. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and then he does that, and um, David's a king over this territory, Solomon's a king over this territory, and as long as they're faithful in keeping covenant with God, he is faithful and keeps them on the land. We see these things coming about, but even by the close of the, what we call Old Testament, we have yet to see,
0: and who is this descendant that blesses all the nations? Who is this seed? So let me, let me back up. Uh, you're right. This sets the stage and the outline for the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But what I'm grasping also is that there is a sense in which, beginning with Matthew 1, we've also got the outline for Jesus mm-hmm. and his kingdom. He's I, I, The picture that I'm getting from this is it's not just God gave three promises to Abraham and Jesus is promise three. Mm-hmm. When we look at what Genesis 12 says, rather than breaking it down into our normal three promises way of explaining it, which is a very good way of explaining it. That helps lock it in our head and it gives us a handle on it. Mm -hmm. But when I look at what Genesis 12 says in those first couple of verses, I'm actually not only seeing the outline of what happened in history from Abraham on, I see in the fulfillment that Jesus has that exact same future that God promised to Abraham. He left his father's house. He came into the far country. He's going to be given a kingdom mm-hmm. that grows into a humongous kingdom, that becomes a large nation, like a tree that grows so big that all the birds can nest in, in its branches. His name is going to be blessed, and his name is going to become a blessing. All of these things happened for Abraham. In fact, if we just want to talk about Abraham, as far as just these verses— We find that in just the next couple of chapters, he's going to meet Melchizedek, who blesses him, Mm -hmm. and Abraham becomes a blessing to Melchizedek. We're going to see Joseph, who, when he is blessed, becomes a blessing in return, even to the nation of Egypt. So we see all of that being fulfilled. But just like yesterday, when we talked about Jesus being the ultimate fulfillment of the David promises, we find here that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the Abraham promises. That's right. And going back to the three promises, he is the seed. Yeah. He is the one that we were ultimately looking for, and he fulfills this in, in, in toto. Absolutely. Uh,
1: this is something that the Apostle Paul would write about in the book of Galatians, as he was trying to explain at that time to Jewish Christians who favored the law and observing the law that um, the law had its place. But ultimately, it's about a promise made to Abraham that God is fulfilling in Christ. In um, Galatians 3, uh, verse 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot Annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. The inheritance of the law is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And so here is Jesus, the
0: fulfillment of the promise.
1: And Paul saying this is all as it should be, as it would be.
0: And if we go back to Genesis chapter 12, in these first couple of verses, in these first statements of the promise... How was Abraham ultimately a blessing? Which ties back to the first day of the week when you yeah, asked why were genealogies yeah. important to the Jews. Yeah, back on how, Monday. How was, how was Abraham ultimately a blessing? Because he is the father of Jesus. But look, I, okay, I can't help but see verse 3 of Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm-hmm. Now, I've often looked at the last half of that and said, ah, Jesus, mm-hmm. in you, Abraham, in your seed, in your descendant, in this promise, in this family, in this in this long-term overarching plan that I have, I'm ultimately going to get to this fella who is the blessing for all nations. And I think that's absolutely true. It's big, Jew and Gentile, that's big. What I haven't done is looked at the first half of the verse and thought, oh, that's Jesus, mm-hmm. that's Jesus, Jesus ultimately fulfills this as well. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. This really comes down to uh, it it's it's not about really today how people relate to Abraham- mm-hmm. it's today about how people relate to Jesus to
1: Jesus, which you know the connection that you brought we brought yesterday, you brought yesterday with the promise about Son of David to Psalm two and a king. You know, Psalm 2 says, kiss the son. Yes. Right? Absolutely. We're supposed to bless him, uh, you know, lest we fall under his judgment. And that is who Jesus is. He is Christ. He is Lord. But then ultimately he is judge. We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ.
0: You know, let's point this out as well. Psalm 2 doesn't just talk to individuals and say they need to kiss the son. Psalm 2 talks to kings, To to world leaders Mm -hmm. and nations. Mm -hmm. Here's the reality. I understand this, that America is not a Christian nation. Not in the sense that what God was pointing towards was, here's going to be the United States of America. This is my people. This is my country. It's
1: not a prophetic nation. But
0: I'm going to tell you what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Just like every nation in the world, it's supposed to be a nation whose leaders say, I'm going to honor Jesus Christ. I'm going to kiss the sun. It ought to be that. Every nation ought to be that. And, and what we have is we have leaders who are all worried about foreign policy. They're all worried about domestic policy. They're all worried about military funding. They're all worried about how we're we going to deal with this COVID thing. And I'm just going to tell you what the first and primary thing every world leader should be worried about. And that is, am I going to listen to Jesus or not? Mm. Because he is the king. He is the king. Look, I tell you what, I'm reading Psalm 72 just a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and it hit me. Mm -hmm. Here is an example of praying, your kingdom come. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal Son. This is another one of those royal psalms Psalms. that are all about Jesus. Here's what we want for Jesus. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him. Verse 10, may the kings of Tarshish and the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. Verse 11, may all kings fall down before him and all nations serve him. Look, this is, Jesus is the fulfillment of these promises to Abraham, these promises to David. He is the one. If we bless him, we will be blessed. If we curse him, we will be cursed. I think that happens at an individual level. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen at a family level. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen at a congregational level. I think that's going to happen at a national level. If, if, if a nation wants to be blessed, it needs to bless Jesus. -hmm. And if it continues to deny Jesus, look, guys, it's just going to be cursed. That's what's going to happen. This is not about voting and politics. This is just about the fact that if a nation wants to be blessed, it needs to kiss the sun. Mm -hmm. It needs to kiss and worship and honor Jesus.
1: And what I love about the Gospel of Matthew is he's making so clear that this is the king. It starts right here. This is the Christ. This is where it begins son of David, son of Abraham. And as rich as that is for all of its import, Um, it's exciting to begin, actually, with this genealogy, which I know people don't ever associate genealogies with excitement. (laughs) But there it is. But for all of the expectation, everything it's been pointing to, it's here. It's now. Uh, And and Matthew
0: draws those lines. The king has come. We need to bless him. The Mm -hmm. son of Abraham has come. We need to bless him. In fact, why don't we go ahead and wrap up today, Andrew? Give a blessing to the Lord so that the Lord... Will bless us
1: our great God. We laud your name. You are holy. You are high. You are above uh, You are king and you are Christ and we are humble ourselves before you uh, Father, I pray for for people Father whether they be great or small rich or poor mighty in power or those on the bottom rungs father that we might recognize and humble ourselves before you confess Christ kiss the son be your people Father, that we might know your goodness and your blessing. Thank you for your grace and mercy that's brought us to this day, that we might know Jesus. In his name we pray,
0: amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode.